Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, the podcast where I speak to artists and musicians about how they've been able to survive making art their main focus. I'm glad to welcome John Myrtle to the show. His new album, Myrtle Soup, is out now on Sad Club Records. Go on to either of their band camps to find out more about how you can buy that. And shout out Sad Club Records. Yesterday, I had Nudista on the show, Pilar and Robbie. You can go back and listen to that. And so concludes the end of this Sad Club Records special. Thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed, feel free to do so. East London Signature Brew have been brewing beers with bands since 2011. They've made beers with Mastodon, Idols, Sports Team, Hot Chip, just to name a few. If you go onto their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, you can get some beers delivered directly to your door. And with the voucher code 101podcast, all capital letters, you can get 10% off your order. All right, here's John Myrtle on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Go well. You know, being an artist and then being a human, I mean, it, it feels like the world doesn't want you no. to, to just be an artist. I know, and uh, I think when I was... I think when I was about 20, um, and even before that, but like when I was 20, I had this real idea of like, of what, you know, being a musician entailed and what, what, what it was supposed to be. And as I've gotten older, it's sort of like, it's like I've sort of accomplished so much of, of what I wanted to do, but it's like weirdly not, it's not panned out in a sort of rose tinted mm. way which which I would have imagined, but I kind of like it more for that, to be honest. In the sense that you're waking up and you, you're like, okay, what's next? You know, it's in the sense that, it, you know, you're fighting for it, ultimately. Oh, exactly, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just I remember when I was, um, I remember when I was about 14, I was watching, um, I was watching a lot of Oasis videos. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I remember, I remember one video of, of Liam coming out of this sort of huge house in like central London that he owned from like obviously getting this huge record deal. And I went to myself being the sort of like overly optimistic, slightly, slightly arrogant 14 year old I was. I was like, that is, that's, that's going to be me when I'm 21. And I had this like whole thing and like, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's like, I'm kind of glad nothing like, like that, that to me is like kind of, yeah, like Ed Sheeran sort of Mm. world. Mm. which isn't a world I'd ever want to get into. I'm, I'm, it's, it's more, yeah, real, real life sort of informs the kind of music you make. And I think that if, yeah. if you get a, if you have like weird, like unhinged successes and like loads of money from, from making music, I don't know if that's actually really, it doesn't mean you make good music. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like, especially Oasis, like, first two albums you know i'm as big of a fan of anyone as anyone but you know uh we ended up making a load of a load of rubbish so you know it's 
it's probably because of that. Middle of the road, DOS, some of it. I mean, that, yeah, and that's that's like the antithesis. That rock and roll world is like the antithesis of of folk music. And oh yeah, absolutely. Man. And to me, you know, I never want to define anyone else's music for them. But you know, Myrtle Soup to me is it's an it's a fucking amazing sixties folk record. Oh mate, that's exactly what I wanted to to make. <laughs> so it's lovely you said that, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, quite uh, just I think like. I think the strength of, if I'm going to talk about my own bloody record as if it's someone else's God, but Please I think do. that I think was I think the strength of it maybe is uh, is that it's been made sort of like from from like humble means. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a, a huge excess rock album because I think that will kind of, that will kind of ruin its charm really so I think like yeah it's all worked to my favor not being Liam Gallagher at 21. <laughs> I think I think there's a generation of us who are like you know kind of painfully self-aware um yeah kind of put ourselves down probably more often than we should and and maybe that's why you know we love Andy Schauf or oh, yeah, you know we'll, we'll love Kevin Morby <laughs> you know these kinds yeah. of um you know they, they, these records that don't put the put these artists they're not putting themselves on a pedestal i think that's maybe why a lot of us can can relate to it yeah yeah absolutely um uh although it, it gets scary when, when when those things sort of become like a sort of marketing ploy do you know what i mean i mean those guys aren't like that thank god mm. but mm. you know with the um with the real with the pop world i don't know i'm going on i'm going on some crazy rants man. no i'm with you i'm with you because as an artist someone's always gonna and even if you know no matter who the record label is i mean and this is something that you know i, I want to talk about because it is real life but you know you, you are trying to sell records it doesn't take away from the vision or doesn't take away from how amazing the music is but you know for me as a journalist when i get something through in my inbox having that story and having you know having a kind of quote unquote marketable thing as gross yeah. as that sounds that that is that's such a big job of of being an artist right yeah so yeah so true man you got you got to have like the um you got to have the you got to have the myth mm. do you know what i mean you got you got to have that because otherwise it's sort of like you could just be listening to your mate who's getting a bit like you know I mean, that's the other thing. When you hear your mate being like, "Oh, listen to this record," that's one amazing piece of marketing. But it, but it's never going to all be like that, is it? <laughs> no, no, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how have you navigated your way with that? Then is that something that you've that you had to think about for Myrtle Soup, or is it something that you haven't even thought about that much? Um, I think, I think it has. Yeah, I think it has. When I first like came, I first moved to the Big Smoke uh, when I was as I say, like 2021, and I didn't, I was just doing loads of sort of open mic nights, and I had a few songs, um, but, you know, like, as, as naive as I was, I realised that it takes a lot to sort of, like, carve some sort of persona which people can sort of chew on and, and latch mm. on to mm. with music, and it's just as important as, as, as the music, almost, you know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. you're right in saying that. It's taken a while to sort of, like, get to a point where I can sort of have my own voice when I sing songs, but it's, I think it's still developing really. So what was that like? What was it like growing up in, in Birmingham? I mean, you got a few nice venues there. You had the Sunflower Lounge and you have, you have promoters, don't you? To be honest, it's a bit of a weird place for music. Mm. And I sort of, that was my own experience of it. Um, and I sort of wanted to get away from it when I was, it was, it was very much a sort of uh, select few controlling the, mu the music scene there which um, being the sort of bitter 
teenager I was didn't really uh, <laughs> it, it didn't really help anything so um I I mean yeah it's, it's got its venues um but yeah it's it was it's a strange one man like I, I kind of always wanted to leave and like just sort of venture out and and meet new people uh so I, I moved to, I moved to Manchester actually when I was when I was 18 and that was great I had a great time although I didn't play any bands there I just watched a lot of bands um and then yeah, I've, I've, I moved to London at 2021, um, partly to be with a girlfriend at the time. But yeah, no, it was, it was, I mean, when I first moved there, it was quite, I mean, I, I know you asked me about Birmingham, I've moved on to bloody London, but um, with Birmingham, I think that like it, it was too, it was too close to home for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I could have been able to sort of, um, as we said before, I don't think I could have formulated uh a sort of stage persona or recording persona as much as I could have when I moved to other places and like no one knew who I was. Do you know what I mean? I totally understand that. I, I feel like it is being able to, to be yourself in, in a place where maybe you feel like people already have this idea of you or, you know, maybe you're creating that idea for yourself as much as anyone else. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 But Birmingham's a funny place, man. <laughs> Were you working and doing the music? Was you know how was was that a thing that you were doing at an early age, working a job whilst also sort of playing music, writing music? Yeah, by, by night. Um, well, when I was in Birmingham, I was it was sort of school, and then and then when I went to, I mean, I had like small things like paper rounds and that. But then at uh, at uni, so I was at Manchester, and then I I sort of come back to almost do music away from my degree and I worked at the uh the library at Birmingham Uni great Birmingham Uni which was great man because it was sort of a lot of a lot of like dusty dusty corridors like it was always in summer so there wasn't a lot of students but like I my job was basically just to put the the books in a in library of congress uh system you know and (laughs) I know I know that inside out um but I could listen to loads of loads of albums so like if I if I happen to, you know, stumble upon something I was listening to back then, it just it just takes me right back, man. It's uh, it's crazy yeah. how music does that. It is, yeah. Yeah, but I got into a, I got into a lot of stuff in in the library whilst I was doing that job. You could have your headphones great. in. Yeah, I don't think I was allowed to towards the end. I think they kind of, kind of caught wind that I was sort yeah. of <laughs> like hiding in a corner, like trying to get um trying to make sure my 3G worked. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, libraries are such funny places, aren't they? Because they are like time capsules. And, you know, it's quite easy for us to forget when we've got encyclopedia on our phones that, you know, this is the this is the way that our parents' generation and above, you know, if you wanted to go find out about something, it, you know, I feel, I feel like, you know, you, you hear about people going to libraries to find records. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, man. It's 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 great when you find, when like if you go to like a secondhand record shop now and you find a a copy of some sort of record and it's got like library like stamped on the uh, the inside. I get that completely. Although I didn't find any records when I when I worked there. Um, I should have though. Did you live a life of solitude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, 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 man. It was um. There's such quiet places. I think like. It's especially Birmingham University Library. Like it's it's so beautiful. I don't know if I don't know if it's been changed now. If it's been mm. renovated, but um, just like very old like rooms with like you know the light shining through. I could I could get romantic about this, but it was really like 
just so beautiful to sort of work in those spaces. And you never know, it might have influenced the music in some ways if I heard something I really liked with this kind of beautiful picture. Without a doubt. It's, yeah, those kinds of, those kinds of places, if you spend a lot of time in them, I'm sure they, they, they must sort of somehow influence, influence you. So it's good, it's good to think of it, of it like that. And was, was time going quite slowly? You know, like when, you, when you look back to that period of time, Oh yeah, especially um, yeah, just to sort of like with what I was doing and um, what I had planned for my life, I was always driven to sort of I wanted to you know write music and write songs and I was that's always been my kind of my my dream if you want to call it a dream. But um, and I think there it was sort of yeah, it's funny because you you go to the library to sort of like study and 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 read books and like learn like that but it was kind of like for me it was an education in music because honestly the amount of albums I, I got through in those summers I worked there it was unbelievable yeah and I, I always found it fascinating when there's one thing from being like you know I'm a touring musician and having a job and then you know deciding no I'm not going to work that job anymore I'm just going to do that full time but yeah. I think you know way before that is that idea that identifying as a musician in the first place I, I, I find that so interesting you know that that kind of leap of faith even though it's it's a very silent one in your own head I mean at that point in your life was it like I mean you, you said just there you know your plan was to make records but how fully formed was that in your mind it for me it was always fully formed in my mind but it was never fully formed in in the work do you know what I mean like I think I very much had it in my head that of of what I wanted to achieve, and then you'd you'd sort of write something, and in the moment you'd think it was amazing, and then you give it a couple of weeks, and then you listen back and you go, "God, that's, that's a bit shit, isn't it?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's um, yeah. I think I think you need to have that um that self belief that can't be um. Mm. that can't be refuted and you mm. can't let anyone get in the way of it if you want to write really good stuff I think but it also comes with like a lot of practice and and hard work you know totally I'm often interested where you know you speak to a friend who might be a musician but they've never really played in front of any, anyone and there is that kind of like there is that kind of narrative or that rhetoric that it's like so one person's a an artist and one person's not even though they might play the same instrument and I, you know yeah. I kind of I do kind of want to yeah I, I want to break down that barrier you know with with somewhat with this podcast because it is like you know everyone a lot of people play music but having that identity or maybe it's a confidence thing I, I don't know well yeah yeah man it's it's interesting because I think it is a confidence thing and it is sort of like um especially like especially navigating it with other people because mm. you know, I mean, if you, I was, I was talking to like an old friend of my dad's, and um, he just you just wouldn't have it that I was a musician. You like he didn't he had he'd never met me before, yeah. and you know he, he hadn't seen my dad in years and years and years and years. And he was chatting to me and he was like, "So what do you do?" And I was like, you know, I was in a I was in a confident mood if we're talking about kind of in a confidence. I was like, oh, "I'm a musician. Mm. I write songs." But he wasn't. He wasn't having it. It was a bit weird. I know. But I, I late. I later found out that he was. He's. Uh, he's like a, a musician. Musician himself, which made it even. Made it even weirder. Yeah, massively. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> it was. So I think with. I think with people, it's. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's it, for me. It's like navigating it with other, with other people because I think 
in my own head, I like, I like to think I am, but you know, it's like with, uh, it's, it's, it's for times we live in as well, man, because with, with there being like hardly any money in, in indie music in particular, mm. it's like, you've, you've got to do other jobs to be able to like do this stuff. Yeah. But it's sort of like who, who you're talking to is sort of like, for me is how I often define myself, which is probably not a good way to, to live your life. Well, I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> I mean, who, when when you speak to people at work, you know, do you, have you told people that you are a musician? Oh, of course. But yeah, they're, they're so supportive. They're great. Um, but, you know, you're, you're there to do another job, <laughs> really. So it's sort of like, I mean, what what can people expect of you? I mean, and the, the thing is, you should you should still be like smashing those jobs. Do you know what I mean? You should still totally, like, totally just for your own, for your own sort of state, state of mind and just your own enjoyment. But I mean, I've always, I've always stayed away uh, currently from kind of, if you want to call them career jobs, like a lot of my friends, you know, work in, work in offices and have like, have good jobs. And I've sort of, <laughs> I've kept it light on that front, which, which, you know, is a bit, uh, it's a bit risky, but you know, that's kind of the life I wanted. This is the place to to talk about it. I mean, we you know it's a podcast about jobs. What um you know any any memorable ones that have gone? Oh yeah, mate. Really badly. Um, well, well, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> to be honest, like um, it's mainly um, since I moved moved to London, it's, it's mainly been bars, bars and cafes. Mm. Um, I did do door to door sales for a time, for about really? fi- for about five months. I mate, that was hilarious. There was a, there's like just so many, so many bizarre stories and bizarre encounters with people, especially because like, you know, you're just you're just intruding on <laughs> their lives, and like the people that run it. I don't really want. I'm not going to name the actual the the company, and I won't go into specifics because they're a big company, and they strike me as someone who'd even sue me. On a, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but um. I, I tell you, I tell you, man. Like, they're, I'm pretty sure the company just like kind of more or less just encourage like flout bullying. Man, where do I begin? Like, I, I mean, in, I, is that in the <laughs> sense they would tell you to just not take no for an answer? Um, they they didn't say that specifically, but the people that did really well in that company were the people that didn't take no for an answer, and they were the ones that got like fast checked to like. Uh, fast track sorry to like uh to like events where they'd be selling for the thing which always struck me as they were called like the the a-list and uh it was it was it was a ridiculous world man it was insane and like it was mainly it was a lot of actors that did it okay okay um and like it was in london was it yeah 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 <laughs> i'm sure she's even sure. she's even i mean i don't know if that's better or worse going around like a village or going around a city they did make us like go out of out of london to the sticks wow um to, like, what were you selling oh, if i say that i feel like it's gonna give it away <laughs> no no i mean go on then you have to tell us a couple of the stories well this was like um this was near, near like abbey road and it was kind of getting dark and i was go, going around all these houses and I knocked on one and it was this, it was this old lady. And uh, she kind of like let me in, like, even though I'm supposed to just stay at the door, but she was like, you know, oh, come in, come in, come in. I was like, okay, cool. 
Um, and I was kind of explaining the, the product we were selling. And then like she starts just she just gets out uh two champagne glasses. I was like, what's going on here? And then she's like, she's almost, I'm still giving her the pitch, right? But like obviously doing the pitch is kind of like a sort of animus, you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's a you're just saying things whilst your head's going like, what the fuck is going on here? So I'm like smiling and saying all about this product while she's like pouring these champagne glasses. And she puts on music. Like, but mu- like, not like nice old lady music, kind of like music to dance to. And I was like, I mean, it's kind of sad because I'm sure she must have been a bit like, a bit not all there. Mm. But it became apparent very quickly that she was like trying to seduce the door-to-door salesman that just walked into her, her house. So I just left. I just ran out, which was hilarious in its own right. Do you know what I mean? Like, did you ever find out? I mean, in my mind, that she might have been expecting an escort, <laughs> and maybe you turned up. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Well, that is my other part-time job. I forgot to say. People get paid a lot of money to do that. Oh yeah, I know. Very true. Um, so it was that. Um, That's funny. Yeah, man. There was there was like a sad one as well, where like, I mean, you have to do the pitch really, usually. Um, and I answered the door, and the there was another old lady, and she was so she was so sweet. And I was just telling her about what we were selling and she was like really like nodding her head. And I was like, oh, she seems like really friendly and she just wants to hear what I'm doing, even if I'm like a, you know, just a young person. And and then her husband comes to the door and then just goes to me like, how dare you? She is a demented old woman and you're trying. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was not doing that. And like, you know, I tried to like sort of have my hands held up high and yeah, yeah. Basically explain I wasn't doing that, but he wasn't having it. And I left and I felt so bad. And then I, like, we all had like team leaders. Mm. I talked to my team leader and he did not give a fuck. He like found it funny. But it was, it was so, yeah, it was, it was bad, man. I mean, was um, it, was it, and you say you got someone to report back to you. Was it other like fairly autonomous other than that? I mean, it's, it's not like you've got like recorders on you. I mean, it almost wouldn't surprise me if these companies. It was it wasn't, it wasn't as strict as that. I mean, it's still going. So I don't know if it's like as strict now, but I mean, it had like a very high intake of, of people uh, that like come and went like people that you just work for an hour and be like, I can't believe I'm doing this in the freezing cold. It was, it was, it was crazy, man. Like, especially because the winter I did it, it was so cold and I would, I, and partly like whilst I was doing it, I was saying to myself, like, you got to do this so you can, you know, follow whatever songs I was writing so you can yeah. get those songs done. It was kind of like a kind of a weird motivator for me walking around freezing cold. <laughs> it's funny how it works like that, isn't it? I mean, it's come up, it's come up on this show before. If you've got all the time in the world, you might not write, you know, you might you might not be so disciplined, but when you're squeezed for time, it, it pushes you to do your thing. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's what I found, man. Um, I, I, I actually wrote a couple of, the songs on my first EP whilst doing it as well. Like I'd sort of like have, have a notebook with me whilst I was doing this and, and sort of like and jot things down, which was, which was great. So I think like, once again, I, I, also, I also think actually like, I mean, I've, those are just two stories of like weird things that have happened, but I mean, you did meet like a lot of people, I guess. And like a lot of people invited, in, invited you in to their homes and just like, you know, yeah, man. Just seeing like ha- how people live. Dude, that's funny in itself. And all that. It? It's 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 inspiring in a way. Yeah. yeah. How how did that end amicably or? Um, 
No, I just, I just quit. I just had enough of it. It, it. it got to the point where they, um, they changed the, the sort of rules for the sales team and how they made money. And it was just not in your favor. So it was right, kind of just like right. you were just going out. Basically, it, it got to a point where you were just going out to like remind people that that company exists rather than you making sales or, you know, you, you making any money. It was kind of just a keeping up appearances. Yeah. Just but like kind of in a way which was unpaid because you only got paid if, if you had commission. That's you know? bollocks, isn't it? Yeah, it's awful. I think it was, it's very, it's a gig economy though, isn't it? It's just sort of. Absolutely. You feel you know, lucky to be there. Feel lucky to, and, and to be fair though, it did like, you know, I've, I've been slagging off for however long, but I, I did actually make some money from it for a while, which is why I could still do it. But then it got, the last couple of weeks, I remember it was just like, I've got to, I've got to get back to a cafe. <laughs> The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. making music and and like trying to carve out a career in, in that stuff is so impossible if you're just not making if you're not making money mm. and I think I don't know like the kind of the kid in me the child the boy dreamer <laughs> is always like yeah but like you just gotta stick you gotta stick through it and not let anything kind of kill kill that and for, for a while in, in my 20s I mean I'm well, it's my birthday today actually i'm 27 oh mate <laughs> so, happy <you> know. birthday <laughs> um, get on brilliant news i've always sort of um you know like had it in my had it in my my heart that i'd sort of do these sort of menial jobs so i can sort of focus all my attention on, on writing because mm. you don't really need to use use too much of your brain power to you know make a few coffees every day it's fine um but you know, as you get older, and people around you are are uh, getting more serious jobs, and even having babies and shit, man, mm. it's like whoa. But I mean, I guess I'm guess I'm going to have to just keep keep going because I'm not. I refuse to be uh, to be dispirited. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's. But I guess like. But I've got to an age where like, well, you know, getting some other kind of job that might be a slightly more. Give you, give you, you know, more money isn't necessarily a, a reason for you to be dispirited. But I'm still slightly cynical. <laughs> Do you know what? That's so good that you say that out loud because I'm sure a lot of people don't really say that out loud to them or even to themselves. Where it's like, you know, I won't let myself get knocked from that kind of idea or that vision, whatever you want to call it. You know, to, just to keep, just to make sure that that sort of little candle, that fire is 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 there. It's just I know, man. on burning because it's 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 you know I think. I mean, you could, I mean, obviously stories and films or whatever have been done about it, but it's such like a, it's sort of so bittersweet and beautiful, that whole thing about like your dreams in the real world. It's like, yeah, man, it's, for me, it's like what you just said, man, I'm, 
I'm yeah. trying to to go as long as possible. Do you know what I mean? If you do, t- the thing is, if you t- if you you need to have like you you need to have things in your life that make it meaningful. So maybe you know having like doing doing jobs like this for years and years and years are is eventually gonna gonna kill your spirit in a different way. So it's mm-hmm. like very hard to like work out what to do. But what you what you don't want to do is sort of like end up doing. I mean, it was Jim. There's a there's a thing about Jim with Jim Carrey. Have you seen that um that clip from uh like the interviews from? No. Is it um the is it Man in the Moon? The Andy Kaufman. Oh, the Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's an in the documentary they made about it, but he talks about his dad and how um God, look at me quoting Jim Carrey for God's sake. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his uh his dad like was apparently in a a. a, a a hugely like funny man and an entertainer, but he ended up getting a job as something like an accountant. And I think he lost, he lost the accountancy job. And Jim Carrey said that it it showed me that you can fail at something that you're not actually passionate about, about rather than failing at something that you are. Mm. Like, it's not that like, you know, that you can sort of, you sacrifice your dream to do something else. And then like, you'll do really well in it. Like it very easily, like not. So that's kind of that <laughs> scared the shit out of me, to be honest. So <laughs> really, that's that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, man. I mean, th- those those fears. I mean, everyone, you know, we've all got fears and and work and you know, surviving is obviously number numero uno mm. um, for so many of us. I mean, money's scary, isn't it? Yeah, man. It's um, it's 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 a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> Especially oh, yeah. in London, when everything is a joke. I'm yeah. Like, I mean, how, how have you kind of navigated the last few years, you know, getting through your mid twenties? Uh, sublet. <laughs> sublet. Um, what? <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, you just gotta, you gotta find a way to make it work. You know what I mean? Um, like I, I've, I've lived with people like shared rooms as well, which is shared, shared is, rooms with people. Yeah. Usually uh, g- girlfriend, but I mean, mm. You know, that's, a tr- um, that's a trick, isn't it? It's yeah, it's a huge money saver. I, w- I wouldn't want to move out of London. That would suck, man. Just just because I've been li- I've been here for so long. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you just release you just release a record, man. Just release. Like, a record. I know. I know. It sounds a bit like it's funny to say, isn't it? But if you release an album, you got to be where the action is. Oh, mate, of course. In whatever capacity that is, with COVID, there is still action to be had. There, there is. There yeah, is. man. Well, mate, I'm loving the album. I'm so glad we, you know, had this chat. I mean, thanks so much for being up for it. Oh, my pleasure, mate. It's been it's been great, great fun. So there was John Myrtle on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Go and check out his record, Myrtle Soup, out now on Sad Club Records. Cheers for listening. See you next week. Here's Cox Barrow. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue-ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. 
We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.